Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm very excited to be speaking today with Rob Amirun, the founder of the Lexpo Conference in Amsterdam, Paula Edgar, the CEO of PGE LLC and the president of the Metropolitan Black Bar Association, Sylvia Hodges Silverstein, the founder of the Buying Legal Council, and Jimmy Vesperk, the founder of Legal Geek, a startup community in London. Rob, let's start with you. Tell us about your background, organization, and the most recent legal event that you organized. Hi, Ali. Thanks for having me on the call. I am Rob Amir, and I started in legal about 20 years ago at Clifford Chance. I'm self-employed at the moment. For the last five years, I had five law firms in the Netherlands. I run a legal technology news website called Legal IP Professionals, a quarterly magazine called Legal IP Today, and the event that you mentioned is called Lexpo. And the last one we organized was in May this year. We are focusing on continental European law firms. Paula, tell us about yourself. Hi, good morning. My name is Paul Edgar, as you mentioned. I'm a speaker, consultant, and executive coach. I'm one of my own company, PGE LLC. In addition, I am the president of the Metropolitan Black Bar Association, which is the largest black bar in New York State. A most recent event that I have organized uh, was a fireside chat that we did with uh, the Metropolitan Black Bar Association in collaboration with the Apollo Theater in Harlem, uh, where we did a fireside chat with Dick Parsons, who is uh, former CEO of Time, Inc., uh, and also an attorney. Sylvia is the founder of the Buying Legal Council. Give us some background and some history of your events. Sure. Thank you so much for inviting me, Ari. So, yes, I'm the executive director of the Legal Procurement Association Buying Legal Council. I also am an adjunct professor at Fordham Law School and at Columbia Law School, where I teach law students about business and management. Also authored books, articles on the purchasing of legal services, such as the Legal Procurement Handbook and then wrote in Harvard Business School cases on the purchasing of legal services. So I'm very interested in researching purchasing behaviors and have spoken with many in-house lawyers, CFOs and CEOs. And then in 2010, I discovered legal procurement involved in sourcing legal services, which I then researched in detail and started to organize get-togethers of legal procurement professionals to connect them and then share best practices. And then at some point in time, uh, people asked me to start the organization and so now the buying legal council is the global trade association for those tasked with sourcing legal services and um, managing supplier relationships and we actually just uh, celebrated our third birthday in september so now our members are procurement professionals of fortune 500 companies and uh, international equivalents in north america in emea in australia asia pacific as well as latin america and the buying legal council is really all about networking, education, and advocacy. And so it's our goal through our uh, events and conferences to make legal procurement professionals more sophisticated buyers of legal services. 
So our most recent ones, so we had them this year in EMEA in London, in Sydney for Australia, Asia Pacific, and in New York for uh, North America. And actually in 2018, we will also kick off a conference in Latin America. So we're really excited about that and really seek a constructive, useful dialogue between the buyers and sellers of legal services. Jimmy, last but not least, tell us about your background, organization, and your most recent event. Cool. So I'm Jimmy Vesperk, founder of Legal Geek. I used to run a dating website for 10 years, and then I got interested in law from a client perspective. So I started Legal Geek as my market research to start a legal startup. And then it became a community with a real strong startup lens on everything we do. So being good for startups, bringing about positive change through technology, through a full spectrum of legal profession. And our last event was our Legal Geek conference. We had over a thousand attendees from 20 different countries in London to showcase all the coolest things that are happening in legal tech. Wow. So over a thousand attendees. Jimmy, what makes a great event? I think for ours, it's about being fun and being different. So there's actually a wave of change happening now in the legal profession. I personally believe in, in trying to do as much of the innovation conversation about, around innovation by doing. So we do hackathons, practical things, letting people touch and feel technology rather than talking about it. And I think that's kind of where the market is right now. Rob, how do you put on such great events? It is, of course, in the Netherlands, but we focus on Europe, on, uh, on European law firms. And the title is also Lex Body Legal Innovation Event. So we focus on innovation. And I think what makes a great event, uh, especially these days, because there are so many new conferences popping up, in, uh, especially in Europe, every country having its own international legal tech or legal innovation conference, that's really difficult to stand apart from the rest. So I think what makes a great event is that you really focus on the specific target audience that you have in mind and try to serve them with what they want to hear, what they want to know, what they want to learn. And as long as they go home happily and learn a lot, I think it's a great event. Sylvia, Jimmy and Rob both put on great events in individual cities. You're global. How do you align that and put on great events in a variety of places, different cultures, etc.? What I think is really important for any event, whether that's in London, whether that's in Amsterdam or uh, anywhere else, is really a mix of right audience. So you have a good mix of uh, veterans and fresh blood, so to speak. You have buyers and sellers. You have practitioners as well as academics. I think that you also need the right audience involvement. So really get people out of their comfort zone to participate. We do that through um, preparing case studies, ask and answer questions and for some where you know encourage them to network the fun part i think that's really important as well and then the right size and that could be a very really large conference uh, but it can also be one where you say this is really focused and you don't get lost in a sea of people as long as people walk away and saying wow that was worth my time i learned something new i met new people that's for me a great conference Paul, you gave such a great example before of a fireside chat with a renowned leader. What do you think makes a great event? So I'm a big fan of social media engagement around every event. And I think the marketing of the event is important both before, during, and after. So all of the events that I plan have a hashtag affiliated with them in order to encourage registration but also engagement among the folks who are going to be attending prior to the event as well as during the event and hopefully after. 
there's also always a visual and photo component. So I highlight speakers, you know, using photos and social media and an email list so that people can not only know the content, but also see the faces of the people who are going to be participating because, as you know, uh, we're very visual learners as adults for the most part. I also like to make sure that there are some teasers, so some of the content maybe some quotes or videos, making sure that there's an app if possible so that there's a, a one way to really contain all of the information and to allow engagement to happen and also to foster dynamics. But at the actual event, there are ways to engage people by utilizing name tags, so having different color-coded name tags. As Sylvia was mentioning, if there are newbies in the crowd, they'll have one flag or something that's on their, their name tag to encourage people who are older who have been there before to uh, engage with them specifically, knowing that they may not know the ropes and how to, to you know, navigate the space. Also thinking about what the content is going to be specific to the audience that you're trying to engage. One way that you can do that is by cultivating information beforehand. So obviously you have connected with people that you know that are registering, but asking are there certain things you would like to talk about in breakouts or something like that prior to them coming and then being responsive to that at the actual event is one way to continue and foster that engagement and the excitement around the event. And finally, the photos at the event, using hashtags, having folks using not just LinkedIn, but Twitter and Facebook and Instagram to promote themselves being there by having the framework and signage uh, that has hashtags and encourages people to take pictures and promote for you, essentially, the marketing of the, of the place before, during, and after are some of the best practices we use. So insightful. I'm guessing you're giving the other other speakers a chance to incorporate some of your ideas into their conferences. So Sylvia, what kinds of things would you do differently or what lessons have you learned in putting on so many events over the years? So my big takeaway is stress out less. I think uh, when I put the first conference together, I couldn't sleep three, four weeks prior to a conference. And it always worked out, knock on wood, but that's my big takeaway. It will work out. Prepare and plan, but then people will have fun and if you if you pick the right people, the right topics and and the right involvement, then it will work out. Jimmy, how about for you? We're always trying to do things differently and it's hard and I think one of the things we, we can do better is, is not always just focus on big law. There's so much happening in tech around disruption at the, uh, or change around wills and conveyancing and stuff um, across the market and it's really easy sometimes to do events focused on big law and I'm really conscious of it and we just need to have a, have a better spread. One thing on a personal level I'd like to really keep on top of, we have a no-tie policy. It's really hard to get lawyers to take their ties off and we can get better at doing that because it, it really makes a nice ethos and much more open if we have a no-tie event. That's a, just a personal thing that I'm very passionate about. No ties, I love it. Rob, what about you? Well, you can put all your tie at our conference. We have, I think we have a different target group also. But we are only uh, working on a third conference now, next year, so we uh, are not doing things, things very differently compared to last year. But what we do differently every year is we never hire the same speakers, we never have the same themes or subjects because we want to really present our attendees with fresh content and fresh speakers. No big changes next year compared to the setup, but there is, of course, a big change in uh, speaker lineup and themes. And Paula, you've been on both sides. What would you do differently? So I believe that from both sides of this, the way to find out what to do differently always is having a strategic evaluation. 
and having the opportunity for evaluations in many different ways. And so obviously for the different sessions to have evaluations, if you have an app, you can encourage push notifications to evaluate after each session and then after the full conference. But no matter what, for all of the registrants to do an evaluation immediately after the conference can help get their feedback in a timely way and enable you to do a 360 sort of looking at what the feedback was and then start the planning for the next event is a strategy that I utilize to think about whether I want to use the same speakers or change the venue or figure out whatever different thing needs to happen to continue or to be changed. Paul, any other advice for those seeking to develop their own events or contribute to the events of others? Absolutely. So my advice for e- events is to innovate always, to, to think about what's new and, and really utilize the you know, board of directors and folks to think about what might be coming down the pipeline so that you can have content that is always fresh and thoughtful and responsive to the needs of what's going to happen to your audience. In terms of the stress factor of actually planning, delegate. You want to make sure that you're not the one that's required to do all of the things. As a leader, you should be the thought leader, and then you should be delegating and and engaging people to be around your initiative. And then finally, along that same line, is motivate. You want to motivate people to attend because of what has happened at your past conference and what's going to be coming at your next conference, and and to engage people around that innovation and and that you are are having proceed with the, the content that you have going on. So innovate, delegate, and motivate always are my advice. Rob, what kind of advice would you provide? First of all, I would advise people to really focus on your target audience. Don't be a generalist. Do really good research. Might be a no-brainer, but I mean, picking a date for an event is actually quite difficult, taking into consideration local holidays or all those other free days so and other events. That's one piece of advice. Also, pay attention to the variety in your speaker lineup. So it's very easy to end up with a lineup with a white male, but there are so many good speakers from so many different backgrounds. Uh, it's, I think it's well worth investigating to have a real good balance in your lineup there. Sylvia, how have you been able to navigate this? Any any advice? Yeah, I echo what, what the others just said. I definitely think that it, uh, you need to have a good lineup of speakers, provide new insights, try out new formats. We always have to be aware that there is competition for time. Everyone is busy, so every moment has to count. And once people start to play around on their phones, you know that you lost them. So just really need to make sure that your event hits the spot and really talks about the things that keeps them up at night. So as long as you have that and have an exciting schedule, I think you're good. Jimmy, we'll close with you. Any advice for folks seeking to develop their own events or even contribute to others? Yeah, I think everyone's given really good advice there, um, and I would echo those points. I think uh, just just to say say similar things, but pretty much, if you're, I think it's really important to listen to attendees. Yeah, listening and developing programs around that. I think that um, to some of the earlier points, there are a lot of events, particularly in Europe, around legal conferences. If you're thinking about doing one, when I started people said to me to go and speak to some of the established organizers of events but if you do that you're just going to get the same old events again so not being afraid to go and do things differently i think things um, something you shouldn't be scared of but just being aware that events are really competitive so building a small community is uh, a good way to start rather than going straight after a big big event this is Ari Kaplan speaking with Rob Amirun, the founder of the Lexpo Conference in Amsterdam, Paula Edgar, the CEO of PGE LLC and the president of the Metropolitan Black Bar Association, Sylvia Hodges-Silverstein, the founder of the Buying Legal Council, and Jimmy Vestberg, the founder of Legal Geek. It's been such an honor to speak with you all. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.